Hey everyone, it's Pastor Eddie from River of Life. Just want to say thank you for joining us on our podcast. Now let's get ready to hear a word from the Lord today. What does God want to speak to our hearts today? So come on, open your Bibles, open your hearts, and let's get into the Word. has a plan. You're trying to figure out life at high school. You're trying to figure out your career. You've changed your majors four times in two years of college. You're trying to find out, guess what? You can go and talk to heaven, your heavenly father. He knows your whole plan and he can direct you the way you should go. You know that boy or that girl that you're interested in? You see how that works? I think we don't do enough of that. We're just quick to find the things that they're doing wrong and, and we'll get into some of that here, but I love that. Show our kids what we are for the benefits of serving God. What did David say in Psalms? Uh, Praise the Lord with, with all your heart and forget not all his benefits. And uh, I think that we, we need to do a better job. I know uh, something God's priced in my heart in the last few years to make sure that we do that. Now that my kids are grown, I got a grandkid coming. So are already here and going to be a year next uh, month. And so um, it's always learning. None of us are perfect. I think we all wish we could go back and change some things. Uh, but we, we learn as we go. But, okay, that's awesome. All right, that's breaking the ice. Now I want to get into the main discussion about our kids here. Um, I believe that our kids are God's way of teaching us unselfishness. How many can say amen to that? I mean, you, you are just minding your own business. You fall in love. You know, you get married and, and uh, you have a kid. Hopefully it's in that order. And anyway, when that when that kid comes, regardless, when that kid comes from day one, how many knows that all, everything you ever, <laughs> boy, this is painting a, a picture, uh, kind of goes to the back seat, goes to the back burner. That child needs 24-7 love. How many parents say, yes, amen? No one talking about watching this, my daughter doing this with a uh, little man there. I mean, he's just from day one, just needing, it needs. And so it will stretch you, it will stretch your capacity, man, it will. And I think it is truly one way that God teaches us unselfishness is through our kids. You're going to make decisions all along, especially if you start having more kids. How devoted am I to this thing? And it pulls you in more and more and more. Um, and so I wanted to talk about this today from Dr. Dobson, Focus on the Family, Christian psychologist, family minister, Denise Boggs. I mean, it's all over any of those ministries. They list the top 10 emotional needs of every child uh, are right here. And if you're listening to our podcast, I'll just read them to you. They're acceptance, security, uh, affection, comfort, attention, encouragement, affirmation, support, appreciation, and respect. Okay, wow, right? That's like the 10. But you'll be surprised at how many of these you can fulfill in a day. It's really not that. But these are the top 10 needs that every kid uh, really needs emotionally. So what I did is I pulled three or four out that I think are more impactful coming from dads. And also, they're more challenging uh, for dads to live these out. And so I wanted to spend the rest of our time discussing these. Uh, The first one is attention. Uh, Every kid needs attention. Uh, We have this in Matthew chapter 19, where, again, we mentioned it at the baby dedication. Jesus was teaching, and, and these kids begin to come around him. And his disciples started to chase him away and say, no, kids, go on, leave the master alone, he's busy. And Jesus actually rebuked his disciples and said, no, hold up, no, bring the kids here. And he gave his attention to the kids. I mean, he could have been out there fighting with Herod and the Pharisees, but he stopped and said, these kids need some attention. And so he mimicked, I believe, and modeled for all of us this one very key and very important 
uh, need, and that is attention. And he blessed the children. So this is also challenging for any parent, not just dads. I know there's a lot of working moms. We live in a day where two-income homes are very common, whether you are working out in the secular world or you're a uh, domestic engineer, which is one of the hardest jobs in life is being a stay-at-home mom. Regardless, we both struggle at giving attention. And dads, I think this is something that we've kind of got a bad rap on, to be honest, because we know a child spells love, T-I-M-E, right? And so I just wanted to hear from you guys, how do you balance it? You're newly married. You also come from a blended family perspective where you got married and got a baby girl at the same time. So you're coming newly wed, newly married. You got your business, uh, which looking at you, I think you're into some kind of uh, fitness. I don't know what he does. He's a physical trainer and stuff. So I know you, we all got, we're all challenged in that area. And so I just wanted to talk about how do you spend time? How do you balance your time and give an attention uh, to your kids? Any one of you. All right. So as Pastor said, I have my own business. So what comes with that? Is Shameless like a, plug. <laughs> Shameless plug. Positive gains training. Okay. <laughs> um, but um, I get to make my own schedule, right? And God has truly blessed my business. Um, my clients are usually more early in the morning, so like 5 a.m. to like 9, 9.30. So, I mean, most people aren't up at 4 o'clock in the morning. So, I mean, again, my schedule is pretty good. So when it comes to balancing that out, I have a blessed schedule. Um, and then my wife only works three, three days out of the week because she's a registered nurse. So I have a great schedule, so we'll start there. But when it comes to, like Pastor was saying, like being selfless, like that's one of the things that I've started to learn to grow more into is that on those days where I feel really, really tired and I really don't feel like playing or giving attention or anything like that. First of all, I'm naturally introverted, so... Any introverts in here? Oh, wow. You know, you like to spend some time to yourself. You got to kind of recharge. Extroverts don't understand it, and I don't think they ever will. But it's like, well, I don't feel like talking. That includes texting, anything like that. So it's just like, leave I, just, me alone. I just need to recharge for a second. But uh, anyway, um, so I made it my purpose that Mila's six years old right now. She's not always going to be six years old. I'm not going to always look at this little girl who who wants to play toys and, and all these other things. So, oh. you know, it's like, it's like I just got to cherish these moments. You know what I mean? So that's, that's what motivates me is that, yes, I'm tired. Yes, I could be selfish right now and just go hang out on Facebook or go play a game or go do whatever. But it's like, okay, I'm going to at least dedicate some time, and I'm going to play with you, even if it's something I really don't want to do in this moment. But like it's, going to a tea party? Have you ever been to a tea um, party yet? No? Okay, Barbies is not one of my go-tos. You're okay. just like, you want to go draw? You want to go to the park? You want to go do this? It's like, okay, at least got to make it a little bit interesting for myself, right? So, so we'll go do stuff like that. I'll lead the dolls to Sierra. But, but yeah, so I just, I just try to focus on being as selfless as I can, even though I may not in the mood to particularly do it. So that's, that's awesome, kind of how man. That's awesome, man. Yeah. Balancing your time, what, what's the struggles? How do you guys do it? Um, I think for me, I don't think I was kind of uh, paying much attention to my kids, I think, the day-to-day work. That's the first thing, like, as a dad, we think is, like, we need to provide for the family. Right, we need right. to do this. So having attention, I mean, 
the kids, they come and talk, but I just kind of ignore them. My wife is there, so most of the time she listens yeah. to them. My wife they, says that's a gift that all men have. It's the ability to just uh, <laughs> tune out. But uh, let me just say he brought up a good point. A lot of men, we think our number one uh, mission in life is to provide financially, which it is. But we're also called in Scripture to provide spiritually. That's kind of what Tomas was talking about earlier. And a lot of guys, we win at work. But man, we're, we don't win so well at home. And so this right here is why it's such a struggle for many of us men. And I don't want to ask for a, a show of hands here, but just about every man feels guilty at times because we work, we try so hard to provide physically, uh, but we need to be there uh, emotionally and, and otherwise. But yeah, go ahead. So uh, over the period of time, Crystal, she's kind of educated me saying, you're the man of the house. Okay. Need the spiritual part. So she kind of pushes in. you? And, yeah. And, so then my in-law, everyone pushes me. Kind of, I'm... Okay. <laughs> now, are you an introvert or an extrovert? Introvert. Yeah, I, I thought so. <laughs> so, over the period of time, I mean, the one-on-ones I can think about with my children are their driving lessons. So my wife pushed me to do the driving. So with Sarah, I did the driving thing. Oh, boy. So 50 hours go with them. So now I'm doing it with Isaac. So that's the time. I kind of talk to them a little bit. I mean, I need... And I know that they need to know the rules and everything. Right. But In I between, just, stop, go, yeah. turn left. You're, you're, yeah. <laughs> Each it. kid is different. So yeah. So, with, so it's been kind of a good thing for us. I've been learning more. And then as a family, we do a couple of things. From a spiritual aspect, what uh, we've been doing is like one of the things I started with the COVID was the two. We started VBS at home. Started what? The VBS, Vacation Bible. Yeah, just with the kids. Yeah. Okay. So that was some kind of spiritual, because the kids are interested in doing things. So I said, like, why not do with the kids? So because once they are uh, off school, they ask, what should we do? What can I do kind of thing? They keep bugging us all the time. So this is one (laughs) thing I thought. That's a good thing to do. Right. Because they are the ones doing everything. So I thought that's a good thing. Squeaky wheel gets the grease. I mean, that's just, you know, no, that's great. Awesome. Okay, Nick, you, uh, you might know something about this, having seven children. Uh, yeah, so it's a little tough, just there's not enough hours in the day for, for seven kids to get all of their own time that they probably deserve. So buddy system is number one in our house, um, where I, I try to find some things that an interest might bleed over to two, three of the kids, and we spend time one-on-one or one-on-three with them. Um, you know, my wife's amazing at, you know, kind of, pushing us that way also, you know, that she makes sacrifices of staying with the ones who aren't doing whatever we're doing. Um, The other thing that I found valuable when they were younger is coaching. Um, You know, we noticed teams make up 12, 15 kids, and uh, usually there's only one, two dads out there. Um, So it means a lot to kids to see that their dad is the one out there, even if they don't know what the sport is or what they're doing. Um, Just being there, like you said, being present, being there with the time, them seeing that you're sacrificing time and doing things that they're interested in, um, you know, just bleeds over. Let's go into the next one because it kind of goes with that, Nick, while I have you. Uh, is the second one is affirmation. This is a big one that, and I think it really comes, it's very powerful from dads. This is Luke 3 is when Jesus was being baptized in water. The Bible says a voice came from heaven and said, this is my son in whom I am well pleased. And then he began his ministry, went into the wilderness, and that was the very first thing that the devil challenged. If you are the son of God, his identity was challenged. And we do have an identity problem in our culture today. This is why it's so important for us as parents to affirm our children 
in not our identity, but the identity God has given them, which is to be the biblical identity, to be in Christ. So affirmation is so important, especially when it comes from dads. Uh, but also, Nick, you have several kids there. Can you show that picture of his family as well back there? So I wanted to ask you, they're all unique. They're all different. So how do you affirm them in their uniqueness? Uh, first of all, are they different, like their hobbies and What's yeah. the differences in them? Yeah, they're all different. Um, <laughs> Noah and Haley, you know, are, are more like me, pretty introverted, reserved. Uh, Wyatt and Avery, they've never met a stranger. They'll, Avery was the one in the Calvin Johnson jersey um, that thinks I, I'm everybody's boss and run everything. Uh, so, yeah, there's, there's quite a variety. that's not true. I... <laughs> um, but as far as identity for them, you know, the uniqueness of our family is, is we're a multicultural family. And um, when our, our youngest boys came to us, we could have done the quote-unquote easy thing and just plugged them into to our white family and acted like everything was the same. Uh, and it's not, you know. So um, we're very intentional of making sure all of our family's cultures are represented. Um, as simple as, you know, holiday times comes, every family's meals are different, but there's, <laughs> there's cultural things that tie from one family to another. Um, we didn't know what those are. We know what our family's, you know, eaten for 30, 40 years. Um, but that's one of the awesome parts of having our church here is we have, and I don't want to name anybody because I'll forget, um, but we have families here who have walked with us through this new part of our life and um, educated us, told us things that, hey, if you want your family's cultures represented, think about this, consider this, include this. We've had families make us dishes for, uh, for holidays so we could see um, I said I wasn't going to name anybody, but Sabrina. Uh, yeah, it's awesome. Uh, just to make everybody aware of the story there. So you have now Haley's in college, and then you had Noah graduated. Just yesterday was his celebration and his party. Congratulations to Noah. And so you guys fostered for a while. I remember that. You've been coming to our church for a while, so I've, I've seen this play out and lived out in your life. And with Avery, Amari, and Cash. And so you ended up, tell us a little bit about that. Basically, it was like a rescue situation where you rescued them. And yeah, so, um, yeah, our, our family came to us in different ways. Um, Avery and Amari and Cash, they, they started, they came to our family first as, as foster children. Um, and uh, without going into their, their bio family's personal stuff, if you don't know, foster care is, the intention is for them to, to get back to mom and dad um, for reasons uh, they couldn't. Um, so God gave us the opportunity to, to, to raise them um, and make them our sons. Uh, they're all biological brothers. Um, so we really fought for that, for them to stay together. Uh, so now we're just... There was some physical needs there that yeah. were, especially um, with Avery, but you've seen God there. Yeah. Uh, Avery... Four of our seven kids have, uh, have special needs, um, different severities, different, they run the spectrum. Uh, Avery was um, uh, very energetic. You couldn't keep the kid, kid still. Uh, you still can't sometimes. Um, uh, but just seeing what God's done in his life is amazing. Um, yes. Omari, uh, he's our, our walk. He was born at 27 weeks, I believe is what it was. We spent five or six weeks in NICU with him um, while he was still in foster care. Doctors didn't think he could walk. Didn't he had a, a walker? They didn't think they questioned if he could hear at one point. They questioned if he could talk. Um, 
but now he's, he's all over the place. He's our little worshiper. He was here uh, at a graduation party, literally shooting baskets with these kids three, four times the size and running, and, and doctors couldn't think he could walk, but God had other plans for him. That's amazing. That's amazing. Uh, any of you guys, what do you, what do you talk about affirmation and affirming them? The identity thing, you guys want to expound on that at all before we move on? How do you affirm them? Uh, I, I, uh, maybe, well, go ahead and share what you're going to say, and then I'll ask you a follow-up. No, I was just trying to say, like, uh, we came from India, so when I came to the church initially, the previous church, like, it was like we were thinking the Indian culture, the American culture, right? So our pastor was saying, you need to have the Jesus culture, right? So he said, the Bible is the same in India as well as in the U.S., so it doesn't change. So if you, whatever you lead in, you look at the Bible, you study the Bible, you see in it, that's how you need to be. So that's the thing. I we, love, love, love that. So coming from another country, a totally another culture, you are asking, how do I raise my kid in the Indian culture or the American culture? And yeah. you chose to raise them in the biblical culture. Biblical which uh, I think is so important. You can still celebrate those uh, individual ethnic cultures, which I know you do, and uh, your wife can cook very good. I've been (laughs) invited to your home to eat delicious Indian food, so I I love that, and you guys still celebrate that. But your kids don't really like that too much, do they? They eat a lot of uh, (laughs) They're trying to, but they like the American food. But you celebrate the Indian (laughs) culture, but when it comes to identity and the big ones, you implement the Bible culture. And I think that is why God's blessed your family so much. That's a win-win. Yeah, yeah. so the thing was like when you gave this topics, right? So one of the things that God spoke to me was talk about the identity in Christ. So yes, We Go talk ahead. about identity, right? So um, if I look at, so 2 Corinthians 5.17 says, that anyone who belongs to Christ has become a new person, the old is gone, and the new life has begun. So I always think like when we accept Christ, right, we have salvation, we get everything, but we don't think that that gives a new identity in Christ. And basically at that point, I think what the world says is one thing, but we should be looking at what God says whenever we do anything. Like, for example, in um, Genesis 1.27, God says he created human in his own image. In the image of God, he created them, male and female, he created them. So those, I mean, our children today are being told everything, like the media, the social yeah, media, everything. Yeah, identity is right? getting attacked. Yeah, so we talk, so they need to discern things. It's more than... Kind of in the physical, you find this kind of the flesh fighting thing. But we kind of educate them saying like, okay, anything you have, go to the Bible, go and see it, discern your things. So you don't have to tell it out anything unless God is prompting you to tell someone. You have them go find it. Yeah. But they do need to know the truth because God has always said the truth will set you free. Yeah. And our soul is the most important thing. So there was one person who said, like, it's not in the Bible or anything. They said, like, why does bad things happen for good people, right? So one of them was, they kind of said this, like, always Satan is not worried about the outside world. He's worried about people who are for him. He's after their soul, so he needs to get them some shape or form. Yeah. Whether it's all the time, sometimes, right? So... 
that's the thing I teach my kids is like always go to the Bible, read it, discern things. You don't have to kind of take it to someone or anything, but you need to know because one day, I mean, God is going to judge us, right? So that's the most important thing is I, I teach well, them. Yeah, amen. That's one of the best things you can do as parents is teach your kids to go find it in the Bible. If they could just go to Proverbs and kids just look, what does the Bible say a wise man or foolish man is? And then look at yourself. Say, am I one of them? Is one of my friends in the circle uh, one of these? I want to be a guy of understanding. I mean, simple little things like in the book of Proverbs can, can change a person's life. And so I love, love, love that. Amen. Awesome. All right, let's move on to security, uh, providing security. I wanted to talk about this, uh, that men are natural protectors. Uh, absolutely, that's part of what we are uh, wired for. In Ephesians chapter 5, Paul lays out and uh, provides instruction of making our homes a safe haven for our kids, and that is putting God at the center. None of us are perfect, right? But he wants us to make him priority. And as we do that, everything begins to fall in line there. So when you think about security, a safe space, um, I know we deal with a lot in our culture today with anxiety and fear with kids as little as like way younger than I, my generation ever did. It's like a real thing. And the key is to provide a safe place at our home. So it's like a magnet for our kids where they love to be at home. They like to be there, uh, you know, they hit the teenage years. And of course they go with their friends and they come home from their friends telling you what their mom said to them, which was the same exact thing you've been saying to them for two years, right? And, uh, but anyway, before that, we try our best to provide uh, a safe place and guard our hearts. The scripture says in Proverbs, let me just put both of these in here. Proverbs tells us to guard our hearts for out of it flows the issues of life. And so how do we do that as, as dads? How have you guys been able to kind of guard your kids' hearts from all these things in culture, train them up in the way that they should go, um, and provide that safe place at home. Like, talk about that. Anyone want to go? <laughs> uh, from a security aspect, I think, like, dads normally are supposed to protect the family, right? You have a house, you protect them, do everything. But from a spiritual aspect, I always see that in Ephesians, um, the Bible tells, like, in the beginning, I'm paraphrasing, it talks about how you need to raise your kids, you need to discipline. Each one is different, so you don't go with one approach with everything. Right. But the thing what it says is at the end, it talks about the spiritual battle that you're going to face. Paul tells us, like, in the beginning he says, discipline your children, do this, pray, and everything. But at the end he says, like, why am I preparing you for that? Because you're going to have... So that's the thing for me... I think the security is the spiritual battles that will come in each family is the most important thing where you need to prepare our children, us, everyone, but children especially, like how do you prepare them for the battle? Like you pray, you anything. I, that's what I teach my children is like always seek God. I'm not there 24-7, right? But anything you need, you ask God. He's going to provide a way for you. All the battles, you will have trials and tribulations in this world, but God said he's overcome them. So that's the most important thing is like, you are going to have some, but when you face, when you pray to God, when you seek him, you're going to get. So that's the security aspect from a spiritual side is what I Amen. kind of enforce. Uh, I think if, if I can piggyback off of that, kind of two and three, what you just asked, is Mila's still sick, so I feel like she's, 
starting to learn her identity and we're starting to learn like her skills and her interests and stuff like that. I think the most important part is being transparent and imitation because she's going to imitate things that she sees, right? And I believe as Paul says, imitate me as I imitate Christ. So one of the things that I took from Pastor was if you start reading your Bible nine times out of ten, your kid's going to come up to you like, I want to read my Bible. And I guarantee every single time I'm reading my Bible myself, she's like, I want to read my Bible. And it's usually at nighttime. So, again, it's the imitation. It's, that's how I feel like we're, we're trying to grow her identity. We're trying to teach her because she has a normal six-year-old fears. She doesn't sleep by herself. She's afraid of the dark. And I don't know if Pastor's going to touch on this next, but again, we come from a blended family, so one of the issues that we battle is she's being raised in two different households. So she's one way with us, but she's raised completely different in a whole other household when she goes to her dad. So it's it's just having that wisdom. Yeah, and then me and Pastor talked about this on the phone. It's like, I've been blessed because I was Mila. Like, I was raised in two different households. I have, most people don't know, but Brother E is my stepdad, so... Um, Brother E? So I think, there he is, he's back there. What's up, bro, E? And then, of course, I have my dad. So, so yeah, I was small raised. small game, big frame, or small frame, big game. That's what yeah, he always calls so I was, me. I was raised with two different men, and then, obviously, bro, E is African-American. So when they look at him, like, that's your son? Like, <laughs> yeah. So it's just a whole long story with that. But, you know, again, like I told Pastor, like, God was preparing me. He was preparing my path because I had the example. I've wow. been there. I've lived in that situation. So, it's like, again, it's just the imitation. It's just what you see and what you're portraying, what you're doing. Mila knows that when me, when me and mom are going through difficult times, we pray. Like we pray about, we tell, we can pray to Jesus about anything. It doesn't matter how small it may be. I mean, God answers even my most craziest prayers. I'm like, Lord, if this is you, I want this. And not saying he's a genie, but he's like, all right, bet, show up. So there it is. I'm like, okay, I guess it's so. So it's like I just want to put in her that, you know, that, you can talk to God and ask him about anything, and he's, it's not that he doesn't want it. He wants to answer you more than you want the answer. And, again, just being transparent, telling her what's going on in the world. She, Mila has an older sister who's 11, 12 years old. Again, she gets influenced by that. She sees what her sister's doing. She sees TikTok. She sees all these things at six years old. And so we all know social media is huge. So she likes these dances. She likes these songs. I'm not saying her sister's bad by any means. But we also pray for her sister, too, because that's an influence. That's imitation. So it's just a lot a lot of things just to take in. And, again, we just want Mila to have my biggest prayer for Mila is that she has her own relationship with Jesus. Yeah. Not what mom and dad does, but her own relationship with Jesus because I feel like that's what's going to make the difference as she grows older, as she knows him for herself in her own ways. So. You mentioned how sometimes you, you don't want to be the – known as the not fun house and that's the fun house and you're you're totally challenging that but oh man you're doing a doing a great job with that tomas amen amen Amen. um give him encouragement one thing i noticed is uh, i i need another hour i need to do this again how many would like to see this something like this again you guys want to see something like this again okay we're going to pray over our youth in just a moment i got a final statistic that i'm going to put up while they do that but last thing is encouragement The word encouragement means to put courage in. And again, coming from dads, even to this day, being 51 years old, after I preach or after I do something, make a major decision leading this church, I'll get a text from my dad or my dad will come over and say, Eddie, I'm just so proud of you, proud of your brother, 
proud of what you guys are doing. And at my age, I'm telling you, that is, that is like still wired in me and my soul. That is, this takes me to, it just, I feel confidence coming right in every, there's just something that God has wired us human beings to receive. We love compliments. I love compliments, but when it comes from your dad, right, it, it's another level stuff. And the enemy has done such a good job in making all dads feeling like we're not good enough and discouraging us because he knows the power and the potential we have in us to carry that on to the next generation. And so let me just tell you, dads, as Lindsay said it in the beginning, you are all awesome. You're here today. You're in church. You're doing an awesome job. You might have fought all the way here and, and everything else, but uh, you're here and you're in the house of God and you're doing it. So I want to say thank you for doing that. Amen. All right. Give me a few more minutes encouragement, the scripture says in Colossians and in Ephesians, but Colossians says, children obey your parents in all things, for this is well-pleasing to the Lord. We love to tell that to our kids. You hear that, kids? Look at the very next scripture. Fathers, he calls out fathers twice. And here it says, fathers, do not provoke your children, lest they become discouraged. The Message Bible says it like this, dads, don't come down too hard on your children, or you'll crush their spirits. Again, we have that power to bless, but it can also be in reverse and have the same impact in a negative way when it comes from us dads. Now, I know we've all, I have fallen short on that myself, you know, lost my temper, gotten mad because we want so bad our kids to turn out right. And when we don't see it, we just attack it. And man, that can, uh, that can really, one time God gave me a revelation and said, Eddie, do you want your kid to be like you or you want your kids to be like me? And uh, you got to let them be them. That's that uniqueness. And that's let, uh, let God handle it. We still roll them out. Anyway, let's, let's get into this. So encouragement. How do you balance? Tomas, as you said, I know that must be difficult for you. You're trying to win at home and you have, you're, in, you're in competition sometimes. It's a challenge that we all face. How, do you do, how have you been able to do that, dads? Balance the, uh, the encouragement, not being too strict. Shelter them from the world, but not too sheltered. Oh, we can go another hour on this, right? But, but how do you balance that with the encouragement thing? Ready to go. <laughs> so, yeah, I, I've failed at that so many times, um, you know, of, of coming down too hard on my kids or saying something, you know, in the heat of the moment. Um, but what I've tried to, to do is just be vulnerable with them, not be too prideful to apologize to my kids and tell them. Hey, oh, that, say that again. Say that again. Especially when your kids are older. Uh, it's easy to look at a six-year-old and say, Daddy, sorry. But when you're 16 and you're 19 and you're in your 20s and you do something to look at him and say, hey, I was wrong, that it is quiet in this Baptist church today. <laughs> Go ahead. Yeah, and it's, so it's that balance because I'm not going to absolve them or um, whatever I was trying to teach them or correct them, but at the same time I can be like, hey, man, I, I did this wrong. I failed here. Like, ask for their forgiveness. Like, you know, they're still they're, they're kids, and, you, and you're over them, but they're still people. They're people you're trying to raise. You're setting an example that you want them to do with their spouses. Um, and then the other thing God gave me one time is, you know, same thing as guys. Sometimes we can be prideful, think we can fix everything, um, and that's not always the case. Whether it's our shortcomings, whether it's something, whether it's a, a subject that, you know, there's some things that your kids don't want to talk to you about for whatever reason. So we sat down one day, and I gave my kids a half dozen guys that, you, they have a free pass to go to at any time to talk to something that they don't want to talk to me about. Um, and they're guys that I know 
at a level that I don't have to have any fear of what they're being taught. Tomas spoke on outside influences, you know. If they're going to some guy that I don't know, how do I know that they're going to instill the things that I think are important to them? Um, so I, I went through names, and a lot of you guys are sitting out here, you know, know it or not, that my kid might come to you with a, a hard conversation one day, um, but they're coming to you because I told them that they can trust you. Um, so just the church is an extension of their home, you know. So I want them to be safe and be able to talk to people in this building as easily as they can in our own home. So vulnerability, that's a huge one there. Amen. Yeah, yeah. Let's wrap it up. One more, guys. You want to comment on that, Province? While the mission team is getting ready? Yeah, I think, oh, like Nick was saying, right? So for me also, it's like always, I mean, as parents, the first thing what happens is like when a kid does something, you kind of say, no, you don't do it kind of thing, right? So that's the tough thing for me is to change yeah. that more, that direction, like, okay, sometimes you need to listen to what they're saying, right? right? And the other toughest thing is like him saying, for me to say to Sarah especially, right, say sorry, right? That's the toughest thing. But what I learned from her, from that, doing that is like, they've been more open to me saying sorry to me also. It's kind of like, it's not small children, like each of our child is different in the way they respond to us, but things that we set a tone, that kind of reflects on them showing to us, basically. Yeah. So it's kind of like the, we need to be disciplining our children, but not 100% yeah, of the time. There's a difference, what you're saying, there's a difference between correction and discipline. Yeah. Right? When a kid spills milk, they don't need to be disciplined. They just need to be corrected. Hey, we don't do that. You know, this is, yeah. please don't do that again. It's very expensive. Yeah. If they, but if they look at you and just go, you know, then it's not correction. It may be a discipline area there. So, you know, there, there is a difference there, and we can talk really more about that. Amen? you have any final words there, Tomas, that wrap it up? Encouragement? Um, how do you put courage in? I think in our situation is just, again, six years old, and one thing that she does battle is just uh, – she feels like she can't do certain things, like, oh, I can't do this, or I can't do that, or I can't, whatever the case may be. And we're intentionally telling her, yes, you can, like, you're stronger than you are. It's just just reaffirmations and stuff like that. And I think a biggest part is not having such high expectations. Like, I feel like we put a lot of high expectations on people, even though they're yeah. Christian or not Christian. Yes. And then it's like when they don't meet those expectations, you just get so upset. Yeah. And all these things, it's like... You're a human being. I expect you to fail, you know what I mean? But I don't, like you said, Pastor, I want to come alongside you like Jesus would and just give you the grace and tell you that, hey, what, what can we do better next time? So part of being a personal trainer is also creating a plan of failure. So most people here, I'm sure, tried to diet at one point in time, and you didn't go so well. So I always have my clients say, well, what are you going to do when this comes up? What are you going to do when this happens? So that way you know if you fail, he's like, well, I'm going to go to the plan that I created the first time. I was like, I'm going to do this better or recognize where it is. So, again, I can just take some of my training skills and put it into parenting, everything that I learned. So it's like, what are you going to do better? And recognize it, own it, because you did it right, own it. Don't put it off on somebody else and just try to be better. Yeah, setting those high expectations. Have you ever been to a Little League game? Some of these parents act like their kid is going to be Barry Sanders out there, and they're six years old. Okay, back off, dude. Okay, let's calm down. You know, one of the first things they do in, in Olympics training that they teach their gymnasts to do, the very first thing is how to fall properly. 
And I think we can take a life lesson from that. I had a parent ask me one time, that's ready, I blew it as a dad. I blew it big time. My kids have seen it. I've failed multiple times. What do I do? And they've seen me fall. What do I do? And I'll never forget, in the moment, the Holy Spirit just spoke to me and said, now you show them how to get back up. You show them how to get back up and get back into church. If you don't, the last thing they're going to remember is dad failed. What you want to replace that with is look how dad got back up. You know about King David. The Bible says a righteous man may fall seven times, but he knows how to get back up. Amen? Amen. Won't you give it up for our panel today? Is our mission team all here? Okay, last statistic I want to put on the screen, and this is maybe write this down. I looked this up so much more. But if a child is the first person in a household to become a Christian, there is a 3.5% probability that everyone else will in the house. And it has happened. If the mother is the first one to start going to church, 17% probability. This is amazing. When the father begins to come to the church and follow God, there is a 93% probability that everyone else in the house will follow God. This is from WACCM. This is from Barna. This is from Statistics. Dads, we need you in the house of God. You don't got to be a preacher. You don't got to be a musician. Just come in and be, watch this, a worshiper. My little grandson is, all you got to do is say, get it, get it. And he starts to dance. But you know what he'll start to do is he starts to lift his little hand up. And he does this little worship thing. Isn't that awesome? All right, um, let's wrap up. Well, amen and amen. I pray that message was a blessing to you, that you received some sort of encouragement or word of instruction from the Lord. That's our prayer at River of Life, that every time you tune in, that God speaks directly to your heart. Well, this is Pastor Eddie again. Just want to say thank you for listening to our podcast and remind you that every Tuesday, a new message is uploaded. Also, if you want to watch one of our services, head over to our YouTube channel. It's River of Life Church, a church of his presence, his promises, and all people, and you can watch one of our services that way as well. So God bless you. I pray God's presence be with you uh, for the rest of the week. Amen.